When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Seminole Softball Wrap. It's uh, another season preview episode, less than three weeks away from the uh, season opener, February 8th against Charlotte. Actually, as we record this, we're exactly two weeks from the Garnet and Gold scrimmage, the fan day, the first pitch party on February 3rd. I think all those details are on the FSU website, so if you want to go, check it out. But uh, Brian Pellerin, Gwen Rhodes, doing our preview again. We've already covered... Uh, the entire ACC over two episodes, right, Gwen? And then we covered non-conference. So wh- what are we doing today? Well, the only thing that's left, which is the team itself. That's right. We've covered literally everything I think we could come up with. We even <laughs> we had Brady on earlier this offseason from uh, D1 Softball to talk through rules changes and, and kind of mm-hmm. big picture softball. Uh, we pretty much covered everything but this team. And <laughs> we kind of covered it, I guess, like in our season recap episode, yeah. uh, who was leaving and... and um, you know what they return, but and you know a lot. Obviously, a lot can happen in oh, I don't know, seven months. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. It's seven months later. Fall ball is over. Transfers are all pretty much finished at this point, and it's really season time. And and Gwen, I told you before we started, it seemed to me the easiest place to start with this team is the lineup. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing back of the nine players who took the most at bats last year. They're bringing back seven of them. Uh, the two exceptions being Josie Muffley and and Mac Leonard. Seven retar- returners. Kerr, Mudge, Flaherty, Harding, Waycaser, Dak, Edenfield. You get the Speed Demons back in Amaya and Autumn. You got a couple new faces uh, in Torres and Beecham. I, I I guess really to start with this entire starting group here is the importance of bringing back that much of the lineup and, and kind of what each player brings. What do you see this group uh, kind of as its core bringing together? Yeah, I mean what you just mentioned like the speed the power um but i think obviously the most important thing is the leadership and the experience um you have your seniors and mudge and dev and kaylee um i don't know if hallie waitcaser is a senior but either way she's an experienced leader as well um and just bringing back a those caliber of leaders and have so many of them um, especially on the infield with Dev and uh, Kaylee is super important. Brian, I I'm think trying to pull I'm up the roster right now. I'm yeah, muted. I was muted, right? That's what I get to have her talking through mute. I said I'm trying to pull up the roster because I had the tab open earlier. Yep. And it's just spinning and spinning and spinning, and she's listed as a redshirt junior. Yep. So senior, probably academically, but a couple years left in her. When you look at this at this group, what they bring, like you mentioned, it's a little bit of kind of everything in the leadership. It's uh, they uh, they are obviously missing Josie and Mac, right? Th- that's right. two pieces you lose. What what was it that those two specifically brought that kind of needs to be filled this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Josie is like the biggest question mark or whatever you want to say, like out of those two, just because she was on Sports Center like every week and she was so connected um, up the middle with Devin. And if you are listening to our podcast and you haven't listened to, um, the in the circle podcast they just had coach on this last week or something um and she previews the team a little bit more but she was just talking about how you know with Josie being gone like Josie and Dev were like the same person 
and the last couple of years, they were so well connected on the middle infield. Um, and not having Joe's anymore is like a really big question mark. Obviously, we have some players that can fit into the shortstop, but um, Josie is like the biggest hole, I think, on the infield. Obviously, Mac was really amazing at first base as well. Um, but Josie kind of anchored um, the infield a little bit more. Yeah, I think when you look at this group, it, it really has kind of everything you'd want to start a, a, a team with. Obviously, like we mentioned, there are, those are the holes to fill. The, you know, you have the defensive hole at shortstop, you're leaving with Josie. You've, you've got the hole at first base. And it's not like it's an an impossible thing to fill, though. I mean, you, you, you bring back um, a team that largely kind of beats you in a bunch of ways. And when you look at players who maybe could take that step forward and, and really help, maybe it's a player like like Katie Dack, who who kind of advances maybe a little more. I know she's someone we brought up a few times. Yeah, um, just watching off of social media, I think um, Katie Dack has, obviously she came in as a catcher. Um, I think she may have played a game or two or an inning or two in the outfield last season, but she was primarily a, a DP. And then towards the end of the season, she just kind of other players stepped up. Um, and Katie didn't really get those opportunities, probably like she would have, but I mean, Katie Dak was brought in right for her power um, and like being able to make those big plays when she needs to. So I really hope that this year Katie Dak can fit more consistently into the defensive um, player role and get those at bats when she needs it. And I mean, you know, if Michaela needs obviously Michaela's as solid as solid comes, but if she needs a game off or something, you know, Katie can step in um, and take the position behind the plate. Yeah, and I think Michaela is the person that I think I could be wrong, but I, I think many people would associate with this program kind of yeah. as a face of it. I mean, she is uh, that type of player. And and what is it that I guess you would like to see from her in year three uh, as a starter? Yeah, I'm, I, she's been really great behind the plate the last um, couple of years. I think she can always improve or just like remain as consistent as she was as last year um defensively and then at the plate you know just consistently more again this year I mean the last two years were outstanding um for her and then I'm just gonna bring up her stats a little bit more so we can talk about her um <laughs> let's see that's fine I, I totally threw a question at you that you weren't prepared <laughs> for at the same time I was sitting here muted uh, earlier so that's fine that's what I, I mean all good yeah so um <laughs> You know, in her freshman season, she did have that 281 batting average. And then last year, it dipped off to a, a 255. Um, so, I mean, not much of, you know, a sophomore slump, quote unquote. But um, you kind of want to see her get back up to that kind of 280, maybe 300 batting average kind of range. Um, obviously, it is a lot harder because, like you said, she's more so the face of the program, has been the last couple seasons. Um, and people are going to know that. People are going to have her number. Um, but it's all about for her probably just, you know, thinking before the other team, like, what is the team going to throw me? What is the pitcher going to throw me? Um, and kind of getting one or two steps ahead of them. So they don't have your number if you're Michaela and you can make those plays when you're expected to. Yeah. And I think looking at her average across the season last year, it started, obviously she started hot, um, and in the first, uh, it looks like three weekends over 300, um, kind of held around 260 into that end of February through the first month, but it dropped as low as, you know, 200 for a few weeks there in early April. Um, but, and then she caught fire again towards the end of the year. And I think you'd kind of like it to just 
you know, maybe not take the dip and just kind of keep it rolling. I mean, not not like there's anything special, uh, anything bad here with everything she brings to the table, the power, the the leadership behind the plate. Um, you know, if you're going to go anywhere there. Um, in terms of other stars on this team, I mean, uh, I thought uh, Kaylee Harding was was phenomenal down the stretch last year. I, I think you'd like to see, you know, that kind of continue into this year. Does anyone else stand out to you in, in that way? Um, I think Devin as well. I mean, Devin, yeah. I feel like, has been an underrated player her entire career. Um, you know, D1 Softball put out their top 100 preseason players, and Devin Flaherty was not on the list. Um, I'm sure that made sense to D1 Softball, but, you know, to a lot of us FSU fans and people who follow ACC Softball or something like that, like, Devin is consistent. She comes up clutch when she needs to. You know, the ACC Softball Tournament last season – um, she's obviously really solid at second base, um, and just putting herself before the team, um, I think is what, you know, has made Dev a great leader and a great player for the last four or five seasons. Okay. I think that all makes sense. When you look at the, the, the new faces that I mentioned, uh, Issa Torres, and I'm going to try it. Uh, I apologize if I get it wrong. Jasoni Speechum. Is it Jasoni? I believe so, yes. I looked it up before we came on. I wrote down the phonetics for myself, and I still got scared of it beforehand. So apologies if I have it wrong, but I pro- I tried. Uh, but looking up her, her tape and, and video from her, I mean, uh, she looks like a really good player, a really strong player. Uh, I mean, every I searched her name, and every video that came up felt like was her just crushing softballs as far as humanly possible. Um, yeah. I, I imagine they seem to be the ones most likely to take that shortstop first base role. Is that is that kind of what you're hearing and what you're expecting? Yeah, so when I listened to that episode I mentioned earlier with in the circle, you know, Coach O was talking about how um I I think I believe Jasoni came in like as a third base catcher. Um and she's kind of been getting looks at third base. So not saying she takes the spot from Kaylee, but um, you know, maybe she does and Kaylee slots in somewhere else. But if Kaylee needs to be somewhere else, Jasoni can take that position. Um, first base, I've kind of heard that Ashton Danley has kind of been getting over there a little bit more. She's also a freshman. She's a pitcher, two-way player kind of, um, um, player for the team. And, you know, she's been doing a lot of outfield work as well as first base. So sounds like she, I'm kind of maybe safely assuming that she may be our starting first baseman. I don't really know who would slot in there otherwise, but I'm really excited to see Ashton there. And then, um, shortstop I think it's a mix of Issa Torres like you said or um Annie Potter who's a transfer from Mercer yeah I I had Danley written down for the uh for the pitching preview because I mean reading her bio her numbers and everything really stand out it's it's a player that was Tennessee's Gatorade softball player of the year main street prep player of the year in 2022 uh number two player in the extra innings elite extra elite 100 I mean the the pitching numbers are stupid. Uh, two over two hundred strikeouts in one hundred and fifty innings, uh, with a point four oh seven ERA, not a four point oh seven, but a point four oh seven, uh, while slugging one point three seven and fourteen doubles, fifteen homers. I mean, uh, it seems like one of those. I, I'm not going to put the pressure of of uh, of Valerie Cagle on her to put that name out there, but you know, someone who at the high school level was really impressive on both sides so you can kind of figure out where she's going to fit in immediately first and kind of work with both yeah and that's was exciting about Ashton um obviously with Mac leaving the program she was a 2A player but probably a little bit more of the hitter um I really hope that you know Ashton can be both 
Um, and I think that's her plan or at least coach's plan for her. Um, and just having that like more true and solid like two-way player, obviously you would see Mac come in sometimes in the circle the last couple seasons, not so as much. Um, she was more relied on with her bat, but um, yeah, I, I'm just really excited to see Ashton and, and her versatility that she brings. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about her. And watch your mouth. That's elite postseason performer, Mac Leonard to you. Yes. That's yeah. I mean, don't, don't. No, I will, I, will, pitcher I, will of never, all time. I will never discredit Mac <laughs> ever in my life. I love her. Uh, I mean, I think that's also part of it, right? I'll take that transition and jump over to the circle on it because uh, we talked at length this offseason. Why don't you lose one of the goats of the program? Uh, yes, Mac, but also uh, Kat Sandercock, right? I mean, oh, yeah, Cat. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Also, Cat, right? Uh, it's a lot of innings to replace, it's a lot of winning to replace, and maybe not as much as you'd see in a lot of other programs because of coaches' approach of using a full staff. Maybe you're a little more prepared than others would be. Uh, but it's still a huge loss and and likely the first person to get that ace role, the ace opportunity, and no surprise, I assume is going to be Michaela, uh, Michaela, McKenna Reed here. Yeah. Um, she seems to be the obvious choice to kind of take the ball first and now we can go to the rest of the staff in a second. But I guess when you look at McKenna elite in those spurts and the relief role last year, how does that translate to trying to be the ace of the staff? Now? Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's interesting because like we said, McKenna just came in and set like the softball world ablaze last season and just how outstanding she was. Um, and obviously with Kat being here last year, you know, Kat was a great leader and like many pitchers before her, Kat took McKenna under her wing um, and showed her the ropes and showed her a, what it's like to be a Florida state softball player, what it's like to be a Florida state softball pitcher um, and what it's like to, you know, be the face of a pitching staff. Um, and I'm just really interested to see where McKenna goes from here with that title on her, because last season it wasn't, it was just, wow, this really great freshman. Um, but now it's, wow, this really great, you know, star or ace of the staff. Um, and just kind of how she handles that different type of pressure. Cause you know, you can say coming in last season, like she didn't have any pressure at all on her. Um, and now she, is the person only as a sophomore looked at as leading the pitching staff and um, going from there. Um, so I'm really interested to see how McKenna handles that and if that affects her performance or not. Yeah. It's especially in softball where there's the ability to, you know, be taken out and come back in. There's this pressure of like, you're not just the ace, the starter to come in and really set the tone. Um, a lot of times you're also called upon to just be the, uh, firefighter i guess for a lack of a, of a better way to put it like uh you know if it's someone else who takes the start even if you take the start or you come out there uh when there needs to be an out it it's going to be you uh yeah. she did a great job this year uh, or last year and was phenomenal and i'm not not trying to discredit it, but a lot of it is obviously taking over clean innings and, and dominating a clean inning um it's now how do you uh, adapt to the approach of you're the person that if anytime we're in a bind you need to be the one with the nerves of steel the one who comes in and really clamps things down it's, it's a one zero game in, in a uh you know a, a super regional game against stanford you know can, can yeah. you be the one who comes out and holds it it's still one zero you know that that type of thing when you look at the rest of the staff allison royalty emma wilson maddie bach we matched mentioned danley and then uh mimi gooden also a freshman where do you look obviously royalty seems to be the one who makes the most sense there 
uh, with her experience, but uh, you know, what do you expect from the rest of the staff? Yeah, I, I don't know what I kind of really expect out of Emma Wilson because she's just been kind of the same and used similarly her entire time here. Um, And I, I just kind of foresee that to be her future for her last season, you know, get a start against a FAMU or, you know, a lower level team like that and stay out there for a couple, couple innings and then, you know, your day is done. Um, But yeah, I think Allison royalty, I would like to see her get, you know, more starts. I don't know if that's really her future. Maybe it's more relief. So if, you know, McKenna or whoever is starting kind of messes up a little bit or gets, too many people on or something like that Allison would be that person to come in and you know this is her second year now in the program and under coach and everything like that so she knows what's expected of her to be a Florida State softball pitcher um and what coaches expectations are as well I mean she had really great experience over at Arizona State um and when she was a freshman she was kind of one of two and she had that really great experience that now you know, brought her over to FSU and did what she needed to do last season. But towards the end of last season, she wasn't really used um, as much. So, yeah, I think, you know, going into the season, I'd really like to see her get more starts early on and get comfortable with that and then go from there. Um, But yeah, that's with Allison. And then that leaves us with Mimi Gooden and Ashton Danley, I believe is what you said the last two. Yeah, well, Maddie Bach. Did we talk Maddie Bach? I missed that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Matt, well, Maddie's a player that that coming in from uh, <clears throat> high school had, had elite numbers, but only made eight appearances last year. It, it feels like an important year for her. Yeah, I really hope so, because, you know, with her and McKenna coming in last year, I, I was under the impression that it would be Maddie over McKenna or, you know, Maddie was the more, quote unquote, decorated of the two or, you know, whatever you want to say um, in the player I kind of expected to get more playing time or more starts or whatever you want to say. And she just wasn't. She got a couple starts and didn't last very long and, you know, made mistakes and made errors and things like that and was taken out um, when she needed. So like kind of like Allison, I'm hoping she gets her feet wet a little bit more earlier this season because I feel like that wasn't the case last season. Um, And she gets more positive quality innings under her belt during those times um, just to gain confidence because that's ultimately what she's going to need later on in the season. Um. But yeah, that's what I think about Maddie. I really hope she, you know, flourishes this year just because last season we didn't really see much of her. And when we did, it wasn't, you know, probably her best performance or what she would define as her best performance. Um, so I guess that just moves us on to the last two freshman pitchers. Um, you know, we obviously talked about Ashton Danley. I think she'll probably be that quote unquote freshman phenom, if you want to say that, or the star pitcher of the recruiting class or whatever. Um and I, I think she'll she'll be she'll do she'll sorry tongue tied for a second. I was um, on mute for about uh, about thirty <laughs> seconds earlier, so I think I'll allow a tongue tie. We're not perfect humans, <laughs> um, but I I think she'll be really great, and she has the experience. Obviously, she's coming in with a lot of accolades and everything like that. So, um, I think she has the mindset to do both, do hitting, and you know when she needs to pitch, she can pitch. Um, and pitch a clean solid inning or a clean solid outing and then Mimi Gooden I I was fully not prepared for Mimi Gooden when I heard about her Um, because obviously I do like our um, recruiting class breakdowns and stuff like that for softball and Mimi Gooden was not on my list until the day she signed 
So I had quite literally no idea about Mimi Gooden and, you know, maybe that's a good thing because, um, so it looks like coming out of uh, Gaither High School, she had over 100 innings pitched, 174 strikeouts and 16 wins. And then she played her travel ball under Carl Mason, which if you're an FSU softball fan, you know that's Elizabeth Mason's father. Um, so she's pretty familiar with the Florida State program. She had good innings as a freshman or I guess a high school player down in Tampa. Um and I'm honestly really interested to see how she'll do and maybe where she'll fit in. Um, I don't think she'll, you know, maybe be a starter early on or maybe she'll just be relief pitchers down later on down the stretch, but or maybe even red shirt because we know Coach loves to do that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where Mimi Gooden kind of fits in, but it is always a team approach for the pitching staff the last couple seasons. So who knows, maybe Mimi will get um, a few innings under her belt. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading an article um, from the Tampa Bay, Tampa Beacon. It's just a local newspaper around the area there, and you know they they call her a strikeout stacking flamethrower pitcher that that can that help them in, in a lot of the postseason games. So I mean, there's experience and and flame throwing if that's if that's the that's the description. I mean that that plays. You know, I mean, you can kind of build off of that and and the ability to grow grow pitchers. We've seen that in, in this staff under Coacher. So I mean. I, I think you've got a lot of arms that bring you a lot of different things. It's just yeah. who are the ones that actually step forward? Who is the one who are the ones that um, you know, are, are become reliable, the ones that coach you can trust and, and can be put in those spots to make it happen. As you mentioned, yeah. I mean, a year ago we were thinking maybe that's Maddie Bach and it became McKenna. So I mean, <laughs> is is it Maddie again this year who actually who who does it, gets the opportunities? Is Allison that person or one of the freshmen become kind of a surprise as well? Right. And I think, you know, obviously with losing Kat last year or even when we knew we were going to lose Kat, you know, people were like, okay, who do we have coming in? Like, what does our pitching staff look like next year? And they're really young, you know, that's very clear and very evident. Um, and it is just all about who steps up at this point, who has like the mental toughness to take over when needed. Um, and yeah, just to, you know, rely on each other and put the team on your back when you need to. When you look at this team as a whole, uh, we kind of talked through the, the the full staff, the full team. Is it as simple as the the area of concern if you're a Florida State fan is where does the pitching come from? And I'm not saying any of them are not capable of it. It's just, uh, you know, you've had a rock for, for the last few years that you knew like, okay, I can count that in. It feels like that's kind of switched to the lineup side of things. Yeah, and if you look back to, I believe, 2021, you know what we wanted them as Florida State fans um and then pitching just took over and you know hitting stepped up when it needed to and it got us to um the postseason and you know things like that but I it's just opposite for this year I think you know hitting's going to dominate and hopefully hitting can do enough um for maybe if the pitchers are having an off day or we can't quite figure it out in the circle or whatever's going on um you know, and I, I want to be positive about all this because I do think we have a really great pitching staff, but it is just, you know, the the stark contrast between these two seasons um, and just like what the outlook looks like. And we have a really great group of girls who are going to go out into the circle and kill it for us. Um, but, you know, the lack of experience and just maybe depth in some ways or whatever you want to say is there. 
I, I almost I almost sell it as a as it just depends on how you look at things, right? Yeah. If you are a glass half empty person, you're looking right. at it going, we don't have the experience, the rock that I know is there. And mm-hmm. that scares me. Uh, if you're maybe someone who looks at the glass half full side of things, you're looking at it going, we have McKenna, who's someone who at worst, you'd feel comfortable filling the same role as last year. And you just have to find one of the handful of other quote unquote unknowns i mean look yeah. we, we you know we, we have an, a general idea what some of them can be but um you do have a lot of unknown here it, it's like a backup quarterback right it's everyone's favorite player is the backup quarterback because well who knows it might be tom brady <laughs> one of them might be cat you just don't know yeah. it, it i guess it just depends it, it all really depends on how you look at it um obviously sitting here trying to handicap it and, and and preview it it's a lot easier to say i know what i'm getting when i'm bringing back seven of the nine most uh, most at players took most at bats last season, and I'm yeah. not bringing back the pitcher who probably threw like two thirds of the innings last year. Yeah, and if you're a glass half full person, like I like to think I am, it's it's exciting to see who the the person is. It's gonna quote unquote step up to. I don't want to say be cat, but like you fill an ace role or fill a a a solid role when you need it. Um, so you know, think things like that are exciting, and maybe. You, some people are scared that, you know, oh, my God, we don't have cat. I don't know what it's going to look like. And that's totally fair. Um, but, yeah, I think it's exciting to see, like, who the next person is. Because, you know, we've had the Megan Kings, the Jessica Burroughs, the Cat Sandercox of the world. And, you know, before we had them, we didn't. Um, and it was, you know, when they left the program, it was, okay, who's that person going to be? And they stepped up and did that. Um, and now we're just back to that time again. Yeah, and it's funny because you look at this team – uh, if you really wanted to be a glass half empty person, which like you said, I don't think either of us are the preseason number three in softball America. Yeah. Like, we, you know, we completely didn't talk about that. You're sitting here and, and you look at the expectations, your preseason number three, that says the expectations are Oklahoma city. The expectations are hosting a regional. The expectations are hosting a super regional. The, you know, the expectations have not changed. Um, and I think that's where you can, even if you are someone who's sitting on that glass half empty side of things, you can look up and say, the people who know this stuff, the people who are day in, day out, following recruiting, following these types of things, they look at your program and they understand you're one of the premier in this sport. You reload, you regroup and you come back and, and you're one of the programs once again, who figures to try to unseat Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think also kind of what we like you mentioned a little bit, like people who follow recruiting or people who follow the transfers for the program. The off season was a big question, and like, are we going to get a transfer pitcher? Are we going to get a transfer shortstop? You know, those kind of players. Um, and I think when we got Annie Potter, people were maybe a little disappointed because she came from a program like Mercer, who you know historically isn't the best. Um, but we don't need that. Like we don't need, it doesn't matter where she came from kind of thing. Like she's now in the program and she's under our coaching staff. Um, And I think all of us trust our coaching staff to, you know, build Annie up and put her where she needs to be. That'll contribute. Yeah. And and we we talk about this a lot on on the football podcast, right? About the way to use the portal Mm -hmm. and, and, and the football teams need to hit the portal as hard and pull bigger names is because of the lack of high school recruiting that's been stacked. Right. That's not what the softball program is. That's the it's the opposite. They don't need to. Should they try? Yes. Did they try? Yes. 
did they succeed? That's to be seen. I mean, obviously, I don't. They didn't get any of the bigger names, but um, you know, they particularly don't need it. it. It's icing on the cake. It may be what pushes you over the top, but you have an incredibly strong foundation returning. Like I said, seven bats, uh, a, a pit, a, a plethora of pitchers who bring a wide variety of things that can really give you a bunch of different looks. I think you've got to be really happy with the program that that you've got and the team you've got built. I, I can't imagine really looking at this and being like, well, I wish we'd have really hit the portal stronger and, and brought in another pitcher. So I wouldn't have that fear. It just feels like you've stacked so many good recruiting classes in a row, so many successful recruiting classes. Right. And so many uh, good player development players. Right. And, you know, if anyone who's followed the program relatively closely since coach got here or maybe the last five seasons, whatever you want to say, like, you know, that, or just softball in general, you know, that like a team needs to be like really close and bonded to succeed. Like players who have things going on with each other behind the scenes, like, isn't going to be a successful softball team, but like programs like Florida state. And like, yes, this is coming from a very biased point of view, but hell yeah. (laughs) But you know, programs like Florida state and Florida state in general, like, these these girls like I know I've spent you know time around some of them time around their parents that kind of thing and my dad is a softball booster so he spends time around the parents and everything like that like these girls truly love each other and truly have each other's backs um and things like that are going to help get them to where they need to be at the end of the season is that meaning they're going to make Oklahoma City because they love each other no but you know it's a very important factor that is needed when fielding a softball team and a successful one at that. Yeah. The, the season is, is long. The season is uh, a decent amount of travel. Like we talked about before, there's a lot of home games, but it's a lot of traveling. It's, it can be grueling, especially a sport like softball where you're going to go through the ups and downs and you're going to have bad weekends as individuals. Um, <laughs> but when you're as deep as this team is with so many returners on the, on the lineup uh, that is capable of beating you so many different ways with, you know, I, I want to call them lottery tickets, but the, the ability to have a Mayan autumn when there's a weekend where we're just getting on base and you just need to steal and get a couple of runs across. Great. Uh, yeah. You know, and you, you've got other bats who can hit you home runs and it's a weekend. Let's just hit a couple of home runs out and that just steals us a weekend. And uh, this team is really good and it's still really deep and you've got a lot of talent. You, you are obviously Oklahoma is in a tier in its own, in its own right. But this Florida state program is so well built, you know, you're with me and that the expectation is Oklahoma city as, as it should pretty much always be for this program. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you ask the team, it's always pitch by pitch game, game by game. But if you're fans or people who look, you know, outwardly at the team, it's a different expectation and that's Oklahoma city. But yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, they wanted to put me on payroll. I'm more than happy to go pitch (laughs) by pitch, but game by game, I'm more than, I'm more than happy to do that and, and take the interviews and those sorts of things. But I mean, I really feel like this is a really fun team again. Yeah. It's really going to be another fun softball season. A team that competes for the ACC championship is is likely the best team in the conference. We mentioned, if you missed them before, the preview of all the other teams. But this is this is the elite team in this program, in this conference. Elite program in this conference. Um, yeah. And again, that sets you up to be conference champions, potentially in the in, in those positions to control your own destiny, bring teams into your, your park, and really... Do what you do best and, you know, grow as you go along. I think the schedule sets up great for them to really figure out kind of who the people are, right? Is yeah. it Allison? Is it Maddie? Is it McKenna? Is it 
you know, does Mimi have su- surprises at Ashton? You know, wh- where do they find it? So right. I, I think they've got a lot of time. Is there anything else that surprises you, excites you now three weeks out about this team, any of the teams? So like I said, less than three weeks out. By the time this airs, are probably closer to two and a half. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of things are still left to be like determined, I guess. Just like ACC hasn't come out with their preseason picks or anything like that. So we'll see where Florida State stacks up to the other teams per the ACC. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, gosh. Number one, spoiler alert. I mean, where else? What else are we going to do? Do you, you think someone else could be number one? I don't, not the reigning ACC champions, you know, not the national runners up. I definitely do not think so. Well, you were Valerie Cable blinded? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and anything nationally that catches your eye? Anything going in? Is it to you? I mean, does the number three ranking surprise you at all? I assume it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, just historically, you know, where we finished last season, that kind of thing. You know, maybe it can surprise people because of the pitching staff questions. Um, and maybe some people can think it's a little high because of that reason. Um, but I think no matter what, like this team is a still a top 10 team and you know most likely still a top five team um but i don't i don't think it's i mean who preseason rankings i don't i don't really leave too much up to it yeah and i mean look you'll see you'll see the other teams right tennessee's number two you get to play them we mentioned that before clemson sitting here at five you obviously will see them at some point down the road presumably uh georgia as well texas you know we've we've talked through a lot of these teams you're going to see them again Um, right you know, so it's just go win. You're a very talented team. It's a fun team. It's a fun year. Like I mentioned before, the the real meat of it gets started on the eighth uh, against Charlotte. But you've got a chance to go out to see the team. The Garden Gold Scrimmage Fan Day, first pitch party, all on February third. Again, that's all on Seminoles.com, I believe it is. So you know, go find that information. Go out, support the team. Enjoy that. It's two weeks from today, so I we record on the twentieth. If you guys weren't curious for that, but. Uh, Presumably by the time you hear it, it's a little closer to then. So, you know, go out, have fun, enjoy the team, get ready for the season. And uh, I think we'll probably be at, be back, um, probably not until that weekend of the 10th, if I had to guess. Sometime around then, uh, after that first weekend's over, we'll probably start recording uh, maybe like on Mondays, let the weekends play out or something. So uh, we'll let the first weekend play out and and be back after that. Gwen, any final thoughts before we get started? Um, I don't have anything. I mean... Uh, I guess not really anything newsworthy, but they added an expansion to Joanne Graff Field. They added like that deck that was kind of on the third base side. They expanded it down to the little hill. Um, there's still some hill there, so you can go sit on the grass if you want, but it's more like actual, you know, bring a chair seating and pull up to a little table kind of thing. But that's pretty much it. Bring a chair seating. It's better than bring your own guts. So there you go. That's it. Nothing. Okay. I was testing your Clemson there, but so we'll, uh, <laughs> worth a shot. I see the Clemson cup behind you every week. So I figured to take a shot. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so season starts February 8th, less than three weeks. I'm excited to see what happens. It's one of those teams where, uh, I, I think the mystery makes it a little more fun, right? You kind of yeah. get those, see a star come out. Who is that face? It gives us a little more than like, yeah, there goes Cat doing what Cat does again. Right. And I'm kind of I'm really excited for this year. It should be fun, and uh, it's a really fun team. So we'll be back sometime that week of February 10th-ish, somewhere around there. 
Uh, if you missed anything else, again, ACC previews. We got two episodes doing the whole thing, and then the entire non-conference slate. Gwen had notes up and down every single team. So go ahead, check them out. Don't let her work go to waste. Uh, fun I year. We'll see you guys in a few months. Yes, uh, comment if you want Gwen's notes, and she'll send you the Google Drive. So I uh, appreciate you guys all listening to us. We have a fun time doing it. It gives us something to do, and uh, it's a fun team. So we're excited for another fun year. So until then, thanks for listening, y'all. Woo.